of Hobbinate in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me as always are... Dan. Ward. Mike. Steve. Okay, so before we go into anything of real <laughs> note here, we have decided as Hobbinate in Canada there is in fact a new term that hobbyists need to use. Oh, no. So, normally you think of them as mold lines. Yes. Yes, it's true. You can now call them, from this point forward, ward lines. Because he's the only one that gives that many fucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mold lines or even just join lines where the model goes together and you're too lazy to deal with that huge problem. <laughs> Still a ward line. For reference, C side of contemptor leg. Yep. Yeah, oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, it's gappy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> could it, it could have fixed that, but it would have required like Bondo and drywall spackle. Okay, so, so I'm going to jump right into the saddest portion of our podcast. Uh, what have we been working on? <laughs> okay, it's sad what? for you. For you, baby. Yeah. Yeah, it is sad for me. Okay. So we'll leave you for last so we can be a downer at the end. Why can't we just get, like, pull, rip that band aid off? Okay, go ahead. What would you do this week? Nothing. Okay, Dan, <laughs> how about yourself? I painted a locust mostly. Well, that's oh, wait, hold that's on. fucking awesome. For did you. I paint. No, you did. Did I paint didn't. Ulix and the dog since the last podcast? No. That was before. It was before? It was before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we it talked about it in the last then, podcast. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, you can't. Cut. Damn it. Not twice. All right, no. all right. Fuck knuckle. <laughs> Yeah, I painted. I almost finished painting a locust battle mech last night. So you can tell by the name that it's large 10, and fearsome. That's awesome, man! It's large and fearsome. It Did you put a locust. picture on the, the most vicious? No, it's, not no, it's not done yet, so it's not a picture. Yet. I want to see it. The most vicious of the battle mechs. Yeah, you, you fear its medium laser and two machine guns. Normally, I'd be booing <laughs> battle tech awesome. right now, but because he actually painted, I'll let it happen. Oh, <laughs> Michael allows it. Yeah. I was a little concerned that I wasn't. It's gonna, there. I was concerned I wasn't going to finish on time, so I painted we the cockpit. I, I could at least get the windows done. Oh, uh, that's actually kind of awesome. So that's one of the only parts that's a hundred percent finished. Is the windows? Is yeah. the windows? That's that's new for you. <laughs> Normally, you're give you infinitely <laughs> painting windows. That's, I will. I will, I will give that one a pass. Ward, uh, you actually did a shitload of painting. I don't know if you finished anything. Did I complete anything? No, no. But we weren't supposed to. We were learning techniques and such. So I went to like a... Technique? Wow. What kind of technique? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the grapefruit. Gotcha. No. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so no, I painted the majority of a infinity bike. It actually looks pretty sweet. Uh, yellow. And color, it's yellow. A color that I was not supposed to paint <laughs> in the class. Uh, and then I painted the majority of a Dark Age mini from Cool Mini or not, so. Yeah. Um, and that one I think you posted up. Uh, did you post it up on our Facebook page or just in our, our group? Because you need to post that up because the skin no, he work did, on he that? Did, he did, he did. I think post it. Gotcha. The yeah. skin work on that. I'll, I'll take a picture of the bike too for Ken Bish. So I will show him that I have painted some yellow. But <laughs> <laughs> not a space marine, but it kind of It's not counts. a space marine. We're getting there. Yeah. You were also so over at my place away. on Tuesday. <clears throat> yes. And at week. that point, I was working on some uh, space marines. Uh, I was painting some helmets. Uh, because I am a glutton for punishment and want to basically <laughs> paint every piece separately. 
for some reason. Uh, but by no, brush. I, by brush. I was using some of the techniques. What uh, the shit, man? Liz, I was using some of the shading techniques that I learned from the first weekend, which I'll talk about later. And I will give him some credit. The helmet is a focal area. Like, you could do some airbrushing on, like, the body components and, like, have a really cool helmet. So does he give good helmet? Yeah, it's pretty uh, good. They look good. The helmet last week was better than my helmet from months ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Now, what? I feel that if we, all I have to do is say Ken Bish's name two more times in this podcast, <laughs> and he's going to troll you. He'll come out Only of once the, more now. He'll come out of the mirror or something like that. <laughs> Go to the mirror and make fun of you for painting. All right. So, But I, do, I was working on stuff. So yes. There we go. No, to be, I actually was working on some stuff, too. I did. Oh, now you're backtracking. Oh, I, I started working on some uh, some zombies for commission for uh, some alpha stuff. Mm. I normally try not to talk about my commissions work that I do on the podcast because it's not for yeah. me. Yeah, but I did. Yeah, do it doesn't some count. Work. It doesn't count. It doesn't count if it's not for you. I yeah, couldn't agree more. Anyway, bike, dark age model, and helmets. Yeah, it looks good. So you put them all together, you might have a complete model. I might have a complete model. It would look really weird though. <laughs> you wouldn't want to actually put those components together. All right, Mike, crush us. Oh, it's not as bad as you think. I finished off uh, some more Shiltari, and nice. then I finished off my Death Shroud Terminators. Which yeah. look great, by the way. Yeah, thank you. And I have ten Marines from Calf almost done. I just have to outline the bolters. Ooh, I don't want to talk about it. I'm sorry, what's that, Top? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's okay. It was your idea in the first place, I believe. Uh, I think technically that, it was Dan's. <clears throat> I just endorsed it. But those death shrouds, so those are the ones I that you got. Been, I don't know. You posted a picture of, you got them completely done. Yeah. And they look awesome. I'm excited to have Fire Drake Death Shroud Terminator off. I think <laughs> mine will destroy, though, because they have three pinball. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that does help. Yep. I got Morty. You, you do. Did. And he cleans them. <laughs> he cleans them. Swimmers the shit out of things. <laughs> oh, here we go. Swiffers. <laughs> uh, myself, I built a fuckload of stuff. I actually now have a Cybernetica cohort that I finished up building, so that's all the Castellan robots. I know a lot of people don't like the aesthetic, but I am so happy with them. I think they are so wonderfully 50s art deco kind of... I'm with you. If you like fa- if you like Fallout, you should fucking love these robots. Yes. And I have a paint scheme with them that's basically with authority like... authority board. <laughs> oh yeah, you should. For sh- like 100%. They're the uh, iron... Uh, why can't I think of their name? Iron... Uh, Come, on. Come on. I don't play the Iron Brotherhood. So... Brotherhood of Iron, whatever it is. I just do the infinite procedurally steel? generated quest. Brotherhood of Steel, that's okay, the one. There we go. <laughs> Again, did not make it that far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I finished up building them, got them more or less base coded, got one as a test model finished, got a Sons of Horus theme going on with it. Really, really happy with the way it's turning out, especially with the weathering. Looks awesome. I know where you got the color scheme from. Oh, yeah. Thanks to Aaron Lovejoy, who if you ever want to check out an amazing painter, that guy can, can paint, so Google his work. Uh, he has a commission service out of San Diego, so if you really want to spend a lot of money and get some cool-looking minis, you should check out what he does. I also finished putting together my final 20 Calth Marines, as well as the characters, and the Fire Drakes, and the Contemptor, and they are all base-coded, all weathered. I just need to wipe off the latex on them, and I can actually start uh, doing the details. So, Mike, I might actually finish the Calth Challenge. And I'm proud of you, Steve. I am. Yeah. 
The only the only wrench in this plan is I leave for California on Friday. It sounds like a wuss out to me. It sounds like you're trying to get a fun <laughs> way out already, Steve. For ten days. Steve, aren't you even trying? No, I think. Are you I taking models down? No, I'm not going to be taking models. <laughs> oh, down. sounds like a wuss out. Yeah. I think I think I can get to the point where I will have them done. <laughs> There's air quotes around that. They'll be they'll be more than done for the challenge. They might need a little bit of embellishment afterwards. Oh, if that's an option, I can finish. <laughs> okay, no, if, but I'm if half like, painting is an option, that's sweet. I'm talking everything will be done except for like the final uh, weathering powders no. and like last little bits of OSL around plasma weapons and Volkites and that kind of stuff. Like my stuff will be done, aside from the embellishments. Aside from the detail work, I wouldn't call that detail work. They're <laughs> done. All right. All right. Yeah, that's cool. It's a debate for another day. Absolutely. Yeah, these won't be three colors. That's <laughs> for sure the case. Because <laughs> Iron Warriors, you could three color the shit out of them. Oh yeah, if you yeah. really want. Oh yeah, to. you could do that with spray cans. I think even honestly, even with like the aggressive effort going into making them not look shitty, they're still technically four colors. <laughs> That's actually kind of sad. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> they're black, silver, yellow, and gold. Oh, and gold. Yeah, that's really it. Oh, and and bronze. I do some bronze. Well, if you look at it that way, though, my uh, my salamanders are even worse. They're green, black, and silver. Yeah, red. a little bit of silver. Red. <laughs> so, some red on like the helmet brush thing on the characters. So if you look at it that way, mine might be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, so shut up, Ward. Who's taking your money? Oh, this one's tough this week. Um, let's get back to me. Wow, that was really <laughs> good podcasting. That's how tough it is. That's not because Ward was playing on his phone, not paying attention to what's Ooh. happening. By I, I assume I'm he was up, looking I'm, up things to talk about I'm, and I'm, staying on topic. I'm updating stuff for yes later. Oh, okay. okay, all right. <laughs> Mike. Well, Okay. Okay, I'm actually giving my money to some new Infinity figs I just picked up the other day. The uh, Damari Butai, I think they are. Uh, they're one of the newer sets. Just came out, fantastic. Bulked up from the which sets were they? GSA. They uh, they are Japanese. Hey? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, I knew they were part of Yu Ching, but I wasn't yeah, sure if they were oh, GSA. Yeah. Damn straight they are. Well, it makes sense. They have fucking samurai swords. Yeah, and then Shocking. after seeing all of the uh, reviews <laughs> from the, the beta for Drop Fleet, uh, <gasps> it looks pretty cool. I want to buy even more stuff now. So. Don't you already own Wait, just everything? Did they, did they release more? No, they had the Admirals. Um, Beta uh, came out, and they also they? gave shots of the space station and showed a bunch of Where, other stuff. So the space station Whoa. kit, you can basically use all the pieces to make one fucking giant space station, or several oh. like little ones. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, hmm. I like that. Yeah. Typical sort of uh, terrain from from Hawk, where it's you can like, do like it's just really cool, like the, the defense laser thing that they had, yeah, yeah. which was badass. That's pretty cool. Mine is a knight atropos, or atropos, whatever you want to call it in Greek. I don't know. So that's the, again, it fits in with the theme of these robots. I feel robots. like you may have used this one last time. I think you did. Was it last time? Yes, you did. Oh, are you kidding me? Well, now you got to find more money. Oh, it's so good. It's double. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll Dude. give him that. I'll give him that. It is, it is expensive. So, so really my, my drop fleet pet pledge should count for four things. You already used your drop fleet pledge when you actually gave them the money. Yeah, but so this, we're at least on number two I'm now. Adding it on more though. <laughs> okay, well we're kind of in the same boat. Yeah, mine's similar. The, <clears throat> the dollar's really fucking me. So that sounds painful. I looked. Watch it for paper cuts. All right, I, I got mine. I got mine. Wait, just a second. I, I looked actually at doing a China recaster, but I thought for this kind of centerpiece model, 
couldn't do it, so I pulled the trigger on Forge World stuff. Fair enough. So you actually ordered it? Yeah. Oh, At least okay. you get free shipping by yourself. Oh, yeah, free shipping. When did you own. order that? <laughs> Uh, yesterday, actually. Fuck me. Why? Because he wanted something, damn it, Steve. I wanted a book. And so did I. I can probably get that, sh- uh, <laughs> oh, maybe it might have already gone out because I ordered it. it like 10 o'clock, so depending on what time, I can maybe get it on tonight. If I send them an email. Email! All right. Okay. Anyway, myself. Great podcast. Yes, I know. Yeah. You can order books later. Books wave, out insanely quickly. Yeah. Wave 8. Oh, X-Wing. X-Wing. Is on the boat. Should be here within the next two, three weeks. Unless. <laughs> unless. <laughs> Unless normal things happen, and uh, it shows up a little bit later. so But they will be getting uh, some dollar-dollar bills coming their way from me. What's in Wave 8, real quick? Uh, the Ghost is in Wave 8. The Inquisitor Ty, the Mist Hunter for the uh, yeah. Scum, uh, and, and Dengar's, Dengar's Jumpmaster 5000. Which is a Is that like the Master 5000? <laughs> it does sound like a shake weight type device. <laughs> or I was thinking like more of Power Man 5000. Ooh. Are you ready to go? Are you <laughs> Dengar is. <laughs> okay, uh, is there anything that I need to pick up for my scum? Yeah, uh, punishing one in the Mist Hunter, yeah. Dengar, power, jump master, 5,000. Is jump it actually? Or is, is this like a... No, he's a he's a Batman, or he's part of Scum and Villainy. Yeah. But no, but like, what, what's with this whole jump master 5,000 thing? Jump master 5,000 is the class of ship, punishing one is his... No, like actually, jump master 5,000. Yes. Yes. It, yes, it's the name the, of the ship. The, like, like, actually. Yes. That's yes. a thing. You're not no, we're fucking not, with me. No. We're not messing with you, Tom. TIE Fighter is a classification of well, a ship. Well, I know that, but <laughs> jump master 5,000? Yes. Well, listen, it, it's, some, it some jumps guy... out of the planets at 5,000. <laughs> okay, like, just fucking deal with it. Some spaceship designer let his kid name the spaceship that he designed, and it ended up being... I feel like they're really reaching now. <laughs> like, they're getting the names out of the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> this ship is... It's canonical. It's had this god-awful name for decades. Have you they, seen this ship? It's not Fantasy Flight's fault. No. I, I don't... know. Anyway, keep talking. You guys will talk. I'll bring it up. Because uh, that's what I do, apparently. So, yeah, Dan, what do you got? Oh, I could probably cop out and say X-Wing Wave 8 again, because it's actually coming finally. That's why I wanted to go before you. But Because oh. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. But no, I'm, I'm flirting with the idea of, I, as much as I hate Kickstarters, there is the the local Kickstarter for Team Tabletop doing the, the lazy gamer, like giant lazy Susan for gaming boards. And after I harass them enough on Twitter, they're doing one for a 36-inch like um, skirmish game. So wait just a second, Lazy Susan, like, rotating? Yes. yes. How, how the fuck does this work? It's, well, it's got ball bearings. It's got a bearing plate and a, like, really nice embellished piece yeah. of wood and steel with, like, leather trim on it to, like, grip the boards and stuff like that. Okay, so how does and, it go? I don't... We'll figure it out later. But it's... So they're... They have that. They, they're doing a 36-inch, like, uh, skirmish game option after I harassed them enough on Twitter. And, uh... Because I do that now. <laughs> and, you're, on Twitter, you're one of those guys on Twitter? I don't just lurk like some people. That's me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they also have the option for, they have an option for doing, like, the insanely expensive pledge where you can, like, custom order a table, and you could actually get, like, a full table, not just, like, the tabletop rotating surface thing. And if I potentially have to move this summer, I don't want to buy a kitchen table unless it's optimized for gaming. So... Optimized for gaming. Priorities. But it is it is an Edmonton company as well, so That's there's like the potential of uh, like working with a local company, local pickup, that sort of thing, not having to pay an arm and a leg for if shipping. We had show notes, we should we should put that in there. Uh, Team Tabletop. Team Tabletop. Kickstarter, lazy gamer. I think I've figured out why you never get your Kickstarters. You always go for the most complicated option. I go for the <laughs> That's true. I do go yeah, for the most do. complicated. I also tend to order them from Eastern European countries, which is a great plan. 
<laughs> Eastern Europe, what could go wrong? Did you uh, get your AVP yet? Shut oh, up. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, I get so Off much side. joy. Oh, I go missing, damn, did it. I love how it's been in the stores for six months now. It's to the point where I'm starting to see used copies go on sale in like the local like Facebook buy and sell groups. Oh, that's bad. And I still haven't even gotten an email back on my pledge of 450 British pounds oh, worth of oh, What? Oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> so you dropped close to a grand on this thing and you haven't seen it? I, I bought everything except, like, the faction-specific dice and, like, maybe something else. But, like, I bought, like, everything. Yeah, including, it's, like, the clear resin, like, uh, Predator's Cloaking, which I actually Which are wanted. amazing. Including the the resin terrain board, not just the cardboard one. That was only, like, 160 pounds <laughs> or something to add to my order. <laughs> That's probably Both monetarily out. and weight-wise. Yeah, We're going to play the shit out of that game when you eventually get it. Maybe. It'll be 2037. We'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... We need a pledge to come back here on this day <laughs> in 20 years to play that game when Dan finally gets his toys. <laughs> Let's make I'll it be pass. honest, I don't think I'll be alive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it in your honor, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I will have killed myself by then if this keeps up, so, yeah. Oh my god. Just as long as you will the estate to us for just that, <laughs> so that we can play it in both of your honor. It's like a dog team. The last person alive gets the, gets the Kickstarter MVP. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know if those are legally binding, but we should do it anyway. Well, they're quite yeah. illegal. Depending <laughs> on the country, but moving on. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Tonti. <laughs> okay, Tom, what was yours? Oh man, I had one and I don't know where it went. Uh, <laughs> I think the easy cop out is there's a whole bunch of new gremlins from Alpha that are that are coming out the next month. I feel like that's you're just making this up because every time it's gremlin something. No, because they spent two years giving me nothing. What farm animals are they riding? Brewmaster, crocodiles. Is it Brewmaster? He's been oh, out he's for a while. Damn it! But there's crocodiles. Ooh, and 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 the the rooster riders are actually coming out next the month. The cock riders are actually coming. Yeah, I I found an awesome way to paint green. So did you? Yeah, I might work on some gremlins. Is it this? No, it's not that. Okay, because that's what I'm we, Okay, after the episode, right. we're going to talk green recipes, because I'm curious. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, other than that, though, there's actually from Plasticraft games that do the Malifaux scenery. You already said that. The circus. No. Oh. Nay, I'm nay. Sorry. Oh. Nay, oh, oh. They've got these um, European kind of row houses. They're set for more of a World War II era, but they could work for Malifaux, because they almost look Victorian. I'm laughing at Nene, so... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is cool. Oh my god, this is one of those days. Yeah. We're not punchy, we're just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it's think- not because we're drinking either, right? No. No, we're no. sober. <laughs> That's the worst part. Yeah, Dan is pretty sober. The rest of us are just... Mojito! <laughs> <laughs> this episode's been brought to you by Mojitos. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Ghost tits. All right. Ghost tits. Um, so no. I'm going to just read this out as it is no. in the show notes. Dan, no. So, Steve, I'm going to ask you a question. Ghost tits. Shut up, dog. No, don't do it. Did I screw up again? No, but it's so funny. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> what aren't they, Tom? <laughs> is this an existential question? Like, can I just write an essay now? It's very... <laughs> Oh, Ward's die. He's bright red. <laughs> so, in all honesty, ghost tints are, first of all, a Minotaur paint. Oh. Uh, and they 
They're exactly what the name says. They're a tint, and okay. they're very, very um, thin. In case you've done it before, they're a candied. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're, they're translucent. Yeah. And they show through. They work. Uh, it's it's The easiest way to do a candy apple red would be to use red with silver. Mm-hmm. The red tint with a silver paint. Over top of a silver yeah, paint. Yeah, over, over Not top. Not mixed together. Silver. Not mixed, no. Yeah, so it's, it's very similar to like a... a what you would do with like a car with like a base coat clear, except it's the clear mixed in with the paint. So they're shiny. They're actually a little rubbery, which is kind of weird because when we were using them for the, uh, um, what was it called? I was, I was mixing them into the water. On your display board? On display board to do the, which okay. did not work well. Apparently when you put that in uh, uh, stowed luggage in a plane, it melts. That's cool. Um, but it will, it, it's, it's very weird paint. I don't know how to explain it. It doesn't ever seem to go completely solid. Hmm. It's always a little soft, but they make a lot of really cool effects. They do like your yellows and your they have reds, a huge palette. but they also have things like uh, the one that I actually use a lot is uh, oil smoke. Oil smoke or, or oil discharge? Oil discharge, that's what it is. You've got such a great memory, Steve. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> it's like discharge. a... <laughs> oily discharge. The name of the episode. <laughs> oily discharge. I feel at this rate, we're going to have a lot of one-liners to choose from. Yes, there's going to be many. But the, the, the oil discharge is like a black-blue kind of... I'd almost consider it to be like, a, like an ink when you're thinking about using it. Um... And you can spray it across any sort of like exhaust port or anything yeah. that would be mechanical. And it will, it, it looks like there's like, because it, it stays clear, it looks like there's actual oil that's reflecting light on it. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really cool effect. I use it on my Imperial Knights on some of the exhaust ports. It turned out really good. Um, they also have, like I said, the blues. Yeah. But uh, before you, know, you go too far from it, there's a brown uh, tint too. So if you yep. press, if you spray this over a metallic and then spray the oily discharge kind of in a a blend. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I got a question. Okay. Is, is the is the brown some sort of discharge as well? Brown discharges happen to everyone. Okay, <sighs> I was just wondering about just, the name. Every once in a while, you sneeze really hard. Yeah, you know, yeah. it happens. Right. Uh, but no, seriously, Mike, <laughs> continue on. Cause I Anyways, it will give you a burnt metal look. If you use the brown with the yep. oil, it will. For the tip of maybe a flamer or some yep. exhaust ports, it works great. Yeah, I was going to say you can do with the with the ghost tints, you can do the burnt like titanium barrel effect. Yep, or you can do absolutely. the umber. I think it's called an umber. And then, you, yeah, we saw another way to do this, too. You're right, Ward. They, point at me. They, they used the ghost tint for one of the colors. They did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you can use the umber, then the purple, and then the blue, and it gives you that burnt titanium look. So while we're talking about what they are, can you tell me the difference between these and an ink? Like, so what is the actual... Is there a compositional this difference with it? This is much thicker, and it, like I said, it stays soft. So if you spray it on really, really thick, it's going to be... It's it's going to screw up. Like, the, the inks, I actually... I like the inks more. I have to say, I use the ghost tints, but more as a technical paint than an actual um, tint. The, yeah. The other thing, though, I found that water can bring it back. So okay. if, if you splash some water on it or you go back and you're trying to paint something else and you get some extra moisture on it, it'll kind of start rubbing off uh, as well. So Oh, where's an ink? Oh, weird. Yeah, you can actually it re-softens. <clears throat> it re-softens, so it's better to use it almost as a final stage, um, sort of like a weathering powder, like a powder, and then gotcha. like apply like a varnish over top of that. So that would be a huh. I had no cautious idea. thing. That's interesting to note because I think if you did apply a varnish to them like a like a dull coat, you'd actually lose a lot of the effect. 
Because they when you when you airbrush on an ink, right, it does go on fairly matte. Oh, that's something we should incredibly mention. matte. Yeah, which is yeah. different than the ghost tints because they go on shiny. So, like, like Mike said, it's it's yeah. a good candy effect, exactly. right? So I think like if you're painting a hot rod or something like that, yeah. or that Iron Man, Iron Man, or something. yeah. In all honesty, if I was to redo my my Imperial Knights with that candy effect, I would not be spraying to me a clear through an airbrush because that shit turns directly to goo after like three seconds. Yeah, and then it doesn't it, it clogs up the brush, does all sorts of other weird things. I would for sure use the t- the, uh, the, the ghost tints. The yeah. ghost so, tints. Any kind of a colored metallic you're looking for, these this is the way to go. Yeah, it is. It really so, is. is there a use for these outside of a colored metallic? Yeah, like I said, technically you can use them for a lot of uh, different effects. Um, and I actually okay. Want- how about this outside of metallics in general, because what you were talking about was really weathering on metallics. Yeah, where no. you're using them. So, is there a non-metallic use for ghost? You tents? can totally use them um, on exhaust plumes across uh, your your regular model surface, like. You have a tank, like your Iron Warriors. Well, I don't know. Iron Warriors are bad because of metallic. Everything's let's metallic. Say, <laughs> let's say my, my salamanders, <coughs> you could spray the oil discharge across, and it looks like oil discharge. Yeah, just leave it go. Like, but no, it will also, it, it's, you could also use the change a red to a deeper red. It's the same thing. It's just, it just it's a tint. It'll change the whole color across the board. Of so the there's, if, there's if, folks if, as well that use you, it for OSL effects. Yes. Yep. And oh, then they okay. mat it. They do mat it though afterwards because it doesn't look right when it's shiny. Yeah, so you could like spray, like spray white or whatever around like a plasma coil. Yeah, and then go around it with. I think they actually have like a plasma blue. They do. Yeah, color. Do. And so use that to tone it down and everything, and get that nice blue OSL effect. I use it actually for a lot of my yellows, like uh, spot yellows. Now I'll, I'll do a white base coat or airbrush white. And try and mask it off, and then use a ghost tint because I hate. I always used to use uh, GW inks, like yellow ink, mm-hmm. to do uh, yellow. And I find that the new Cassandora or whatever it is is too orange, and their regular yellow, the Lamenters of Glaze or whatever it is, is way too light. These actually give you a pretty good way to do a base yellow, really, really clean, really, really smooth. But then you then you uh, use Tester's Dull Coat afterwards, and it brings it down to an actual like flat yellow but it looks a little it looks a little different than flat yellow like what you did with your bike you could not get that effect even close with the ghost tint but if you're looking for just a smooth sort of yellow (laughs) I don't really know how to explain (laughs) it this is a good way to go anybody gonna make sense like do you remember the old inks that used to spray across white primer and you would get a really really nice uh, imperial fist army that's how everybody did it back in the day yep yeah yeah that's it's very similar to that Except it's less defined. You don't get as much definition in the crevices, so it's a lot, uh, it's a lot smoother yellow. Okay, that's what you mean. It's, it, yeah, it's, I'm really struggling to explain it because it is different than that like very stereotypical old school gamer yellow ink. So the question I have then, you're talking about it's a little bit thicker yeah. and potentially tacky. Could you go through do like let's say we're doing an imperial fist, prime it white, spray it yellow. <laughs> Excuse me, could you then clear coat it and then go back and do some more shading without it being weird? Yeah, you could, but the thing is, is you do find, if depending, you have to go very, very thin with the ghost tint because it is soft, it builds up thicker, and it gets a little bit of like uh, you're painting on top of a clear coat where you can see that little bit of definition where that paint is a little higher. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so these really are a finishing paint. Yes. Yeah, if you're going to do yellow, like I said, if I'm going to do yellow really, really, really quick on a model... I'll do white, spray it, and the nice thing about this is even if I hit the rest of the model with that yellow glaze, 
you don't even notice it because it is so see-through. It's just a tint again. And yellow is so thin. You can really just do like a yellow accent, spray it with the with the ghost tint, and you're done. Mat it, and you can't even tell your overspray was there. Fair enough. There we go. And instead of having to build up like eight coats through Towsep Dock or whatever it is now, and then go through your yellow and then like white highlight, you don't have to fucking deal with that. Are you writing this down, Ward? No, I'm not. <laughs> I wouldn't. I actually would not paint Imperial Fist Army that this way at all. I actually think it would be. I think it would be. It would look weird. I think you should do. Like it is a finishing paint. You're entirely right. What if you did hypothetically? One of the other tricks we had for painting yellow back in the day was painting flesh tones. And then giving it yellow ink. Yeah, that was elf flesh, and then... Like dwarf flesh, elf flesh. No, just straight elf. That's yeah. the way that I was showing. Because I, I would do, like, you get dwarf in... For the from shading. A, like, for the shading. Yeah, you could do that. Elf is most of it, and then... So you do the painting, and then ghost tint that with the yellow might. Yeah. That's that's not a bad idea, but again, it is thicker, and it does yeah. stay so soft. So painting over top of it would be an issue. I so. wouldn't... I wouldn't... Uh, I like, It's a finishing paint. Okay. This is entirely what these are up for. Um... And or a candy. It really is for... It's more... It works better for candy. I would say it's more yeah. of like a detail thing. It's not like a paint your army with ghost tints. Yeah, no, don't do that. Yeah. No, no, actually, you know what? It would work for one. If, if you ever see any of the Hawk Scourge units, all of them are painted oh, yeah. silver. And then all the striping detail is done in a candied fashion. Yeah, so this is this would is yeah. exactly what to use for them. Yeah, because you but, used inks. But at that yeah, point, right. though, no, you could use the ghost tints but entirely. That's, yeah. But that's a detail. That's not painting your. No, because army. after no, because you paint that. That's just but your, your base color. You got to pick up all the details afterwards, Ward. Yeah, you, you don't know what I'm talking about. This is painting a whole army. It's, it's oh. Whole. <laughs> we've gone from dopey to punchy. <laughs> we're throwing shade already. Uh, I wonder if we're gonna get seriously. <laughs> we're throwing shade. Did you watch that last night? No, what? No, I did not. RuPaul's, uh, or RuPaul's Drag Race? No, I did not <laughs> see this. So, sorry, Tom. Is this? They talk about throwing shade all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I didn't. I had honestly no idea. It's almost like a drinking game when you're watching RuPaul's Drag Race for like whenever they say throwing shade, you drink a shot. On you be hammer kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, <laughs> as for a detail, I, you guys are talking about the same thing. You're arguing the same point. Okay. It is a finishing technique. So yeah, I'd, I'd put it in this. <laughs> Like the, the grapefruit technique. We're coming full circle. <laughs> I feel like I'd put it in the same category as GW technical paints. Yep. Yep. There's a very specific set of effects oh, that yeah. you're looking to achieve yes. with them. You're not using it to paint the entire model. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> do we want to do a puck rating on this? Sure. Because this is so varied and there's a million colors. Um, I'll start, I will say, for the oil discharge, I give it a four. I think it works really, really well. <laughs> You could probably get the same effect, in all honesty, from mixing blue and black inks. <laughs> but it wouldn't be shiny. It would be blue and black inks and then followed by a gloss coat, and you'd have the same effect. Okay. It's a four for saving you time. The rest of the ghost tints, yeah, OSL's done better by regular airbrush or by brush. I don't think the Or OSL even using inks, because it's getting in the same process without, yep. the, glaze, without the gloss. Yeah, I, I think, aside from oil discharge, I'd give it to a two. I'm going to be a little bit more reasonable. I'm going to say, from from what you're describing, this sounds like a really solid three to me. Where it has a purpose, it does that purpose well, but don't try to extrapolate too much the beyond is, that. The problem, I'm going to just argue for a second, the problem is there's so many other things that do it better. Like inks, or glosses. 
I, you know, no, I, for one thing, it'll work better, but not all things. The, the, the candy, will, it will yeah, work better. And that's what I'm saying. Right, like, and it, it sounds like it does that really well. Okay, fair enough. I'll maybe bring mine up to two and a half. So averaging yours out would be a three? Sure. <laughs> all right, Dan? I think I'm in the three territory. Uh, can you can... Because you actually have some of these, Steve. Do you remember exactly what they cost per bottle sort of a thing? Like, actually, no, because I've well, only bought them. them. At the, I won them, and I bought uh, one at the LBO this year. So I actually don't know, because I, I have never paid for them. Other than the... The one that you paid for. <laughs> the one that I paid for in U.S. dollars. Which <laughs> How much was, was it in U.S. dollars? I think it was like five bucks. Well, it's not bad. So imagine it'd be about seven bucks Canadian. Yeah, the miniature paints are actually not... That and it's a large cool. bottle too. Yeah, so you're getting good bang for your buck yep. there. It's you are. The value's good. I will. I will say that I've seen them at uh, at Thunderground and they're brown. That are they about a thirty mil bottle? Mark. Yeah, they're these ones. So they are thirty mils. Woohoo! Yep. Right on. But yeah, I think it's. I think they fit right into that three territory where they're not going to revolutionize how I'm painting models, but they sound like they have, for specific effects, they have a great purpose in mind, and they won't break the bank. Okay, also tell me this ghost tint yellow is not red. <laughs> yeah, it is very reddish orange. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> for the golden yellow. That's a little weird. Ward? Uh, I'm going to go with a three as well. Uh, I do think that we've hit on a couple key points that it's not meant to paint your entire army, no. and you have to really... <laughs> no use it for the purpose that it was intended so the yeah. I mean the the advantage though is that they do have quite a few colors uh, yeah. for these tints they got so, teal as well Dan anything in teal gets you know a little bit of cred for me there you go so, so but yes a three for me Mike and well you already stole it pretty much said everything I was going to say but I'll say it anyways yes I'm going to give it a three because it's very good at what it's specifically for specific things but it's not good for everything so, yeah. so all the story is buy oil discharge if you plan on doing a lot of disgusting old motors. Or if you're going to paint a scourge army, pick the color you want and buy that. Yep, the blues and greens, the yeah. purples. Okay, so um, let's move on to the next one. So we were briefly talking about this at the end of last episode, which was the Death Watch Overkill box. Yeah. And we've actually seen them in person now. They're actually on the shelves and being bought and everywhere. So we, we have one here in the house. Yeah. It's all mine. Stop touching it. Just <laughs> <laughs> not what you said last night. <laughs> well, that was something else entirely. But um, anyway. The rummaging in the good podcasting has we all watched. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. Well, I, I opened it up and we now I'm opening it up. it up. So the box set. It's a pretty box. It smells nice. <laughs> it smells like new game box. This it does. Check it out. Oh, this no. this oh, follows the to cut back. this follows the GW suit right now of releasing boxed games like the Betrayal of Kalth, um, lately uh, and Execution yeah. Force that sort of thing. Well, so after exactly. after Space Hulk did millions and millions of dollars, I'm sure because it was beyond hot for a while. They've just kept going with that, and it makes sense. They like the box set now for a full game deal, and then you yep. can use these miniatures in 40k and go so to town with that. So these miniatures. Let's talk about those, because that's honestly why people are buying them. Nobody's really buying this for the game. I mean... I would, I would concur. No, there that. might be that one in 100 guy. I'm, I'm going to say there are people... I do know a few people that are actually really excited, because they like the 40k universe, but they've never really liked the 40k game, so these board games are a great way for them to get into some models. But and, are you sure that's a lot of people? 
It's not like it's a lot of people, but if it's a couple people locally, presumably yeah, you can extrapolate that to a couple people in every other major city. And these, are enti- these games are entirely meant to be that hook, right? Where, like, you spend that what back in the day was a hundred bucks for us when we were getting into the game and you get like a, you know, a game, you could play the starter set against your friends. It sucked, mind you, cause it didn't have anything cool, but especially same in idea. Third Ed. Oh, in third Ed, it was terrible. And the dark Eldar always got crushed. But, <laughs> uh, point is, is the new box sets, you pick them up, you have a game and they're a hook. And the, the thing that they're doing that's smart is all the veteran gamers are picking these things up too. Cause they've got stuff they want in there. Like, all the crazy different Space Marine minis. Right? And the Gene Stealer cult, which is something that the community's been screaming for yeah. for years. Yeah. And this is the thing that I'm the most excited about, is that this gives Games Workshop an opportunity to go back into the the annals of their history. Yep. And yep. really reach deep into there and bring out like the really old school stuff that we haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> like a limo! <laughs> I wish. Yeah, everybody's complaining about that. Everybody was like, they're bringing back the limo, and then they didn't. People were like, you're dead to me, GW. Like, it was weird how <laughs> yeah. much people wanted the limo. But you think about how much design work goes into making an entire new army. Yeah. And it's pretty staggering to make that, well, to make that balance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> At the time that we worked for GW, like I heard like making a box set of something, like let's say the new Space Marine box set, or when they came out, was like a million dollars from design to finished product. Yeah, mold, that kind of thing. Yeah, so the paying the designers, paying the sculptors, no, that makes all sense. that other stuff, right? So, And that has come down a lot over time, but it's still a significant investment whenever you're doing the multi-part or like multi-sprue plastic kits, that's still a big investment up front, for sure. Yep. And then when you're trying to balance it all as an army release, it's a big deal. So being able to put this all, um, a bunch of cool models on a couple sprues... Yep. And give people the background that they really miss and they really enjoy. Give them models that you can, if you want to buy a bunch, you could kind of shoehorn it into 40K. Yep. Yeah, they do have rules now in 40K, which is smart. I thought that they were not going to put rules in for 40K because I, it was a little bit awkward the way they did the Gene Stealer Cult. And I want to talk about that afterwards as to the rules. Yeah, the for rules 40K. are weird. Just um, weird as shit. But the, nonetheless, I think these things are going to fly off the shelf. People have been pre-ordering them like crazy. Uh, and it's, it strictly comes down to the execution force people were into for the assassins. They didn't give a shit about the other models. Yeah, the snap-together Chaos Marines and yeah, no the character it. weren't great. No, but the, the thing about <laughs> this is every single model is awesome. Every single one of those Space Marine characters is really, well, every, characterful. Every model is a character in this box set. Yeah, and the Gene Stealer cult models, like the hybrids, look bad. The hybrids, the aberrants, the pure strains, yeah. they, all look, they all look nice. Yeah, I mean the quality of sculpt is is typical GW plastic. Like it's it's awesome. There, the one thing that I will say is is it does look like the posing is a little limited on some of them. Yeah, some of some of the Space Marine pieces are. It's either that like really weird construction where there's no real other way to assemble them. Yeah. Or there's also some models where it's literally like a one piece model where you're gluing on the backpack and like half of the arms. Yeah. Yeah, so, I know. They're, they will be tough to convert to make them into other kits. Like, making a generic Death Watch squad if you buy multiples will be challenging. Yep. In some ways, you might be better off getting Stern Guard sets, really, in mass, and, and then just to adding shoulder pads, pads adding helmets. I agree. I agree but, entirely. Um, like, buying multiples of this set just for the Space Marines, you will run into issues converting them. Yep. yep. But it, it almost feels less that that's the purpose and more if you want to play... Um, Death Watch. Death Watch. 
Sorry. Again, brain's not working. You buy this box, you've got the box, like the board game you can play, and every character model and sergeant you could possibly think of. Yep. Yeah, yeah you, have, you have a, at least one model for all of the original first founding Loyalist Legions, with an additional Ultramarine, because you have the Chaplain and the, uh, the Stern Guard. And I do like the fact that and the you Chaplain get a blood is it's a Blood Raven librarian. They haven't acknowledged Blood Ravens in a while, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, since Dawn of War kind of thing, way back. It's uh, a nice tip of the hat. I know, hey? But the thing that I really like about this more than anything is the fact that they actually have Cassius. Because Cassius is always... Young Cassius, yeah. ...hated uh, Tyranids, right? Yeah. He, he was, he's always been the, the Tyranid hunter kind of thing. And they have him before his, his face is all messed up. So he's not like Toughness 6 or whatever in this yeah, version? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got like this... This is where he gets his hatred from. Like they, this they, and then... On top of that, the invasion at McCraig and all that crazy shit that goes on. Like, this is his origin story. And he's a really cool character because he's kind of flawed. He's a little bit crazy for trying to constantly, like, lead people into suicide charges against Tyranids all over the place. Like, that's his thing. This is babyface Cassius. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's really cool. The fact that they went and actually put effort into this. Mm-hmm. Like, with Execution Force, they're a bunch of assassins. And the rest was phoned in. And the rest was phoned in. Space Hulk was super cool because it was the throwback to the old 90s game, but there was none of the GW background characters ever in any of those games. This one is the first one to really have a, a, a well, all of the Space Ranger characters. They did yeah, a little cool. they did a little bit of that though in Space Hulk. Yeah, they did. You're right. Some of the Blood Angels characters, they all had names, yeah. that sort of yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. But, but this is like, the one that ties the most directly into the into the currently established canon. Yes, yes, I agree. And, and that's where it's really kind of a neat idea. Where for someone like me that is probably not going to play 40k safely, safe to say, probably ever again, but who still likes the universe and likes the models. But it's been, this is something that I could pick up and play. Fair enough. Okay. It's 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 Games Workshop models that I could paint in a self-contained kind of setting that would be pretty cool and. If it turned into more than that, great. And if it didn't, it still has its purpose. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, I got you. I know what you're saying. Um, and for somebody like myself who plays a ton of 40K, um, I have a Tyranid army, and I would like to pick up some of these, uh, the Gene Sailor cult to throw in because there looks like there's some pretty cool, uh, not the pure strains, but the aberrants, whatever. The aberrants are neat. 85 points. Uh, now the rules are written in typical GW garbage, so people are really upset about this. You get, it basically works out to be seven points a model for four rending attacks, strength four on the charge. But, of course, they wrote them as having rending claws, where if you read the entry in the Tyranid Codex, it says uh, you must have two pairs of Tyranid close combat weapons to get the bonus attack. Yeah, the way the rules are written, without that Codex entry, you have a rending weapon and a close combat weapon, so you get plus one. Yeah, you so don't yeah, because you don't have two pairs of Tyranid weapons. You have a Tyranid weapon and then an auto pistol and yeah, a so melee weapon. There's typical GW ambiguity. Yeah. People are debating whether or not you can actually ally them with Tyranids. It says the replace the Tyranid symbol with the Gene Sealer cult symbol, which is actually only half of the Tyranid symbol. Yeah. So it's like... It's super confusing. Yeah, it clearly rules as intended. You can ally them with Tyranids. But and I think one of the other things, if we're looking at the Death Watch as basically characters for your army. If you wanted to try and get a Tyranid army that was a little bit more inclined towards a Gene Stealer cult, they could be the brood leaders for all of your units of Gene Stealers. Like, you could use these models <laughs> in the army. But again, you're taking Gene Stealers. Why? Tyranids are already at a, have a bit of a problem. 
And Gene Sealers are expensive. The reason that people are super excited about this particular unit is because it's 85 points for 12 models or 10 models or something like that. So they're dirt cheap. They're just Gene Sealers that are much better and more in line with, like, slashy demonettes and that kind of thing. Fair they don't have the crazy initiative, but a lot of them do have grenades. Yeah, and again, the crazy initiative is awesome with Gene Sealers until you have one piece of cover you charge through. And then you're like, well, that that's pretty shitty for me because I have a f- six-up armor. Um, right, but it, it appeals to people from both sides. If you yes. want to use them as a new models, you can. Yes. If you want to use it to tailor your already existing army to have a little bit more of a theme, yeah. you can do that too. Yeah, and I, I have to say that the, the formations are cool. I'm excited about it. I want to I want to pick up a box for my Tyranids, but I'm not really actually that excited about it. It's kind of one of those things where I, where I saw the models I got super excited about because they have the Salamander Death Watch guy that's really cool. It's got a melt-a-gun sticking out of a power fist. What's yeah. not to like? It's awesome. It's really cool. You can even use them almost as like a... Eh, the helmet's a little off, but you'd almost use them as like a 30k model in some ways. Because uh, he's got that crazy piece of warrior kind of thing that you don't see in 40 Yeah, and Indomitus Pattern Terminator Armor did exist in 30k yeah. universe. It just wasn't as common back then. Yeah, so I kind of thought about that, picking up uh, picking up the box. But I, the Gene Stealer cult, just the rules for 40k just aren't there and that's still what gw hangs up on they sell a lot of models to veterans based on the rule set and if they don't get it right it flops like harlequins and the one of the things that weirds me out a little bit about the formations and the way the 40k rules are set up is if you buy two sets of the tyranids you can't take two units of what are they called like the faithful throng or the disciples or whatever yeah you can take one of everything they're all unique huh I didn't realize they were unique. So there's no value to doubling this up at all? Well, the formations, you can get some cool stuff going on. Actually, I guess the Disciples aren't unique. I know a bunch of the stuff are set up as being unique, but uh, maybe maybe you can take the generic units. But the generic I don't know. units, I hope you can. The that formation, no I think, the formation itself, I believe, is literally one of every unit. So if you're taking the formation with all of them, that gets all the cool infiltrate special rules and everything. Yeah. You can't take multiples of, uh, like, multiple units of aberrants or multiple units of the hybrids or anything. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Uh, the formation would, would for sure nerf you on that. But that, that again, comes down to GW writing poor rules, where you have, like, the Space Wolf uh, Wolfen that come out, and you've got all sorts of crazy slingshot first-turn charges going off. Yeah, these guys can do that too. Yeah, they definitely can do that. They can they, infiltrate to an inch away and then declare charges after infiltrating, so that's neat. That's really cool, and I, <laughs> that makes sense because they're, they're gene sealers. That's what they should be able to do. It's awesome. So in that case, maybe it's a good thing you can only take two of them. Yeah, we, fair. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could double up in that formation, depending on how many points it is. I, don't actually, I haven't actually worked out the numbers. 600 points. That's not a lot. You could double up on that easy. Uh, but again, the problem comes in where the rules are and. Uh, Ambiguous, and you've got some issues with the models aren't that good compared to like first turn charge Thunderwolves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's the rules just aren't there to make them useful in a competitive environment. They're not going to be a useful choice all the time. Yeah, I can. I'm I'm glad that they made 40k rules for them so that you can yes. use your toys in another system. But and I mean, we haven't even talked about really the Space Marine rules yet. Or why the fuck would you put them on the table ever? They yeah. are pretty questionable as a formation. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. They're they're not great, and I won't even mention that because I didn't. I read them briefly, and then was just like, no, I'm never gonna look at these, and I'm never gonna see them across the table for me ever. Yeah. The, so the fact that if you're playing the the Space Marine formation as it's one big unit with all the characters and all the models. And you have in a guy unit. on a bike that can't use his bike because he's and stuck And two at guys slowest. on jump packs. I know, and they're stuck at the slowest models. Because they can't movement. leave the squad. It's, Why? it's confusing. Yeah, I know. That, just, that alone, I was like, this. they clearly didn't think this through. Uh, right, but it's also one of those things, too, where I don't think that it was ever really intended as this to be a 40k release. No, for sure. And I so agree. it's more of a, is it a white dwarf rule for that? or is uh, it, it, it was in the white dwarf. <laughs> yeah, Dan, then, tell us about this. So I ran out and went to the store and was like, you know what? The 40k rules and the painting guides and stuff, I'll buy the white dwarf. Whatever, it's a couple bucks. Find out that the things I was interested in for painting guides, namely all the different types of Gene Steeler hybrid skin for all the different generations, not in the painting guide. And then, like, two days later, the rules for the Death Watch and for the Gene Stealer cults both get put online as free PDFs. Yeah. So, money well spent, Dan. <laughs> that was about, like, $6? Well, each. It's two separate issues. Like, one for oh, the Space Marines, okay. one for the Tyranids. Mm. Yeah, they're weeklies, right? So, yeah. Uh, Fair enough. I mean, you're not you're not out a ton of money. It's still cheaper than the old GW. You remember the old uh, crappy codices that were the 20 bucks? Yep. Armageddon one kind of thing. Little pamphlet codex. Pamphlet yeah. codex. So it's still cheaper than that. So there's something to be said, but I hear you. Like <laughs> you're right. It's not a it's not a 40k release. But again, do you think the people that are buying this are completely new to the hobby? Majority. No, no this this game does not appeal to new gamers. I'm, it no. may. I'm, I'm sure that it could. But Gene Stealer Cult is something that you've if you've been playing 40k for like 15 years. You're the guys that know Gene Stealer Cult. It didn't really exist in the last 10 years of lore. Exactly, I agree. And you... That's the problem, though, right? Like, if you have... Uh, we have an injury? Yep. Yep, Matt Hendricks. I called it before the game. It was Hendricks that was going to get hurt. Okay, well, there you go. We're Hobby Night in Canada, <laughs> so we, we filled our hockey uh, obligation for the evening. Um, but no, I, I, I'm just not excited about it. And I was, I saw the models and Gene Stiller Colton got super into it and thought it was going to pick up maybe one or even two, I said, and then looked at the leaked rules. And again, why? Yeah. Kyle, Kyle was like, Steve said two boxes. And I was like, talk to Steve. Looked at the rules. <laughs> I looked at the rules and it, it's something that I, I, there, I only have so much hobby time and something that I'm going to paint. I want to actually play with. And knowing that these Gene Stealers are only going to get played with in this board game, where I have not played a game of Execution Force with anybody, bought that one. I don't uh, think anyone anywhere has ever played that game. Yeah, I, I'm going to go on a limb and say that. I played Space Hulk maybe two or three times. You know, so it's, it's one of those things where it's probably going to be a waste of money for me. It's cool to have the models, but with how many people are buying these things, and I think how little they're going to get used, I'll be able to pick up a secondhand set of Gene Stealer cult models. There's a lot of people parting out the Space Marines on the Facebook groups and that sort of a thing. So. Yeah, it won't be a problem to get those models if I need them. Yeah. So do you? the question then is, do you feel that this is kind of a, a good idea that just fell a little bit short from Games Workshop? Yeah, I, totally. I, again, it's Harlequins. It's Harlequins 100%, where they were a great idea, and then you got the Codex, and you're like, I have to spend a lot of time painting these fantastic models where I'm not going to really use except for a couple of formations. So I painted up the cast of players and a cast of heroes. Or the hero's path, sorry, the other formation. Uh, and I use those. But all of my star weavers are still sitting in boxes. All of my uh, uh, void weavers, 
Void Dreamers? Can't remember which ones they are. The jet bikes and the Venom-looking <laughs> things. Okay. I've never even unboxed them. Wow. Because why would I? A Venom is better. You know, like, it's one of those things where, again, I have so... A 40k army requires more than 10 models. You only have so much time to paint. Uh, which is a game why I think we're all kind of into Infinity and Malifaux and these yeah, kind of things. Six or seven Battle guys, tech. you paint them up, you're <laughs> ready to roll. Well, even your drop zone's going to take way less investment for time. Stuff like Dystopian Wars, as much as I was ripping on it last episode. Takes no time. You can get a fleet painted yeah. up. I did it in four hours to get my fleet ready to be a ringer for a tournament. Yep. And then to get it up to a higher standard, it took me the next weekend. Well, that's the thing, is each one of these Death Watch models, you'd want to put a lot of effort into, but it's just a cheap formation. Like, you've got probably another 30 or 40 models to paint up, so... Yeah, the, the Space Marine formation, I think, was 535 points or something for the, whatever it is, 11 or 12 models. Yeah, and I mean, they're good. Don't get me wrong, they're not, like, a, an awful formation. Each one's a character. A lot of them are basically a Space Marine. Yeah, some of them are, you're <laughs> right. No, I mean, a lot of them are just a guy with a bolter. Yeah, there's, there's, well, there's... They're not movie marines. But you do Which have, is what I was hoping for. Which is what they should have been. I was so hoping they would each be, like, a 100-point character, so it'd be, like, a 1,000-point army, and it could all be, like, movie marine style, but they're... Yeah. It's, like, a Sternguard guy, or a Vanguard guy, was the or a bike formation, guy. the uh, Schaefer's Last Chancers? Yeah. That yeah. was a badass army. But that's also in an edition of the game where 30 models was, was a pretty big army. You know, 30 Space Marines was uh, starting to get up there. No, not really. Because people not, played... I don't know about 1500 or 1850. People but. played 1500 and you would have... Yeah, I no, reliably had were, about 50 plus Marines on the table. You're different than that. Yeah, fair enough. Well, Dan I reliably the same had thing, the same yeah. kind of thing. And they were pretty... Dan's different too. I did. <laughs> I had, I had like maybe 20, 30 Marines and then Terminators and like Land Raiders and stuff like that. Yeah, but you... Okay, well, then we're going to get totally sidetracked here, so I think we're just going to curtail this one before it gets completely <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. But, uh... You're right. No, back to the original point. It is, I think, a great idea, slightly poorly executed, because they didn't have to spend a lot of time on these rules to make them decent. And, I, again, it just comes across the rules designers do not play the game as the average person does, which is somewhat competitive. It's not strictly beer and pretzels. A lot of people are... But there's always that drive to win, and people are, no, and I don't think the rules designers are looking at that. I think they're too Age of Sigmar at times. Yeah, and it's one of the many reasons why uh, why I feel like I might not go back into 40k. Just like what you're saying, it's so much investment to get an army painted up and ready to go, and it's not like some of these other games where there isn't a bad choice of units you can take. So if you love the look of this model, you can take that model and it'll be functional. Or at least somewhat functional. Right. You're not going to get just rolled each time. But there's definite things in 40k oh, yeah. that just suck. Oh, terrible suck. Like, turbo suck. I can't... I've never seen a unit of Possessed on the table. Or Pyrovores. You know, like... Uh, I mean, those are also awful looking models. And you were just so saying, why take like, why would you take Gene Stealers now? But, like, Gene Stealers used to be badass back oh, in the yeah. day. Yeah. They were so cool. Yeah. Um... And now, if it's a dumb choice to take them in a... Yep. So, I guess what it kind of comes down to is, I hope they continue trying to do this kind of a, a box release. And you know what? The one thing that's weird is execution for us, again, nobody played really as a, as a game, but the rules for the Assassins were pretty darn solid. The Culexus is good, the Kalidus is pretty good, the uh, Eversur is not great, but he's also the cheapest. 
and the Vindicare is amazing. Like you've got, but they're only balancing the rules of what four or five models there. Yeah, <laughs> instead of a couple of units. Yeah. And they actually gave a lot of people a lot of hope with that, right? Because the Q-Lexus was that super anti-psyker answer to the fact that they fucked up invisibility. Like, it was one of those things a lot where Fantasy Flight releases a, we screwed this up, here's a new release to fix that screw-up. Mm-hmm. Like a Band-Aid kind of thing, which is which is a smart business model. Not just wait three years for a new codex to come out. Exactly. The Band-Aid fix <laughs> is not the greatest from game balance, but it's better than nothing. And I like it, right? Like, it, I like that Band-Aid fix. And that was what the Q-Lexus was, so... So do you think then, if they're going to be doing this in the future, that the best way to approach it is maybe be a a little bit less adventurous with a bunch of different new models? No, I think they could have knocked this out of the park. I I, think the Gene Slayer Paul could have been amazing. I don't don't think that that's the case for model quality or look. I think maybe the rules will have to be re-examined. All they have to do is just put these rules by the tournament players that are always winning tournaments are the same names. Like, it doesn't change there's there's a group of people on this planet that are really good at 40k you have to just run that by them they're gonna get the rules at the same time as anybody else like it's not like they can use these models ahead of time just run that by this group of players and be like hey is this absolute garbage <laughs> you know what i mean so like kind of like a better play testing yeah committee or whatever they don't really do any play testing it's very shrouded in, in mystery right like you don't really know who's doing these and things. they're one of the last companies to really have that super shrouded play test yeah malifaux i know does pretty open play test it's an absolutely open play test hawk does that they release beta rules yeah. and then they come out in the new uh new rule Expan- set inspe- expansion yeah. books and such right so. I, I don't know why they're still so close because these rules at the end of the day nobody's going to benefit because the models aren't out yet just sh- get some people to look at these things there's a lot of people that would be ecstatic and it's not hard it's not like you need to contact these people over you know old school mail like you just email them or post on a forum like it's pretty darn easy to get in contact with these people so I'm, I'm still blown away that they constantly have these incredible rules that seem so balanced and then these flops yeah and it's kind and, of a piss off and i think they definitely would have benefited from having like why not have like a formation or a squad or whatever in white dwarf for just a death watch squad or you could buy a frag cannon. You could buy yes. one of the guys a jump pack. Like you could buy individual upgrades. Yeah. But it would still be a generic squad, not just a band of special characters. Let people play the army they want to play, and having a generic Death Watch squad with a ton of upgrade upgrade options would be not hard to write. Like, give me an hour and let somebody format it. it just it's the Space yeah. Marine armory, the Blood Angels armory. Give them some heavy flamers if you need to. You know, like, take all the Space Marine armories and put them together and allow people to just go crazy. None of, nothing in there is insane. Like, a Stern Guard squad with Grav or Melta is still going to be better and have just as many options. Right? So, there's a miss, missed opportunity. Now, don't get me wrong, my complaints are actually kind of minor. Because at the end of the day, if you're buying this box set, you're buying them for the models. And the models are awesome. I don't think there's a single negative thing that could be said about the models. Quality-wise, Aside no. from the fact that they reused the pose for the Broodlord um, from yeah. Space Hulk. But that's a good pose! I got no problem with that! And they that. got the brains going on and the jizz. <laughs> it's true, They're, it is a very jizzy base. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sticky things. Gooey stringiness. Stringy things going on, mm. and yeah, GW painted it in a very... Toffee. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, we'll go, Ward. We'll go with that. <laughs> Point is, models are awesome. 40k rule set is a little bit lacking. 
but that was honesty, always that was always an afterthought. It yeah. was it's secondary. It is a modeling project more than anything. And, and the only reason the majority I can, people buying it. The only reason I complain so much is because 40k is near and dear to my heart, and I wanted, I wanted the Gene Steeler cult to be amazing. Yeah, and I think for me, what it kind of came down to, especially after 30k, when there was the, you almost hoped that it would turn into a real release when the models were so great and the boxes sold so well. And so when I first saw Gene Steeler Cult, I got crazy excited. Yep. And then it dawned on me that, okay, so there's a box of Gene Steeler Cult models, and that will be it. We're not yep. going to see this develop into a full army. The question I have for you guys, are we going to see squats in a board game? No. 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 I don't think so. No, I don't think so. That that would be... Uh, now, that being said, Harlequins came back. We've got Admech or a thing. There's Gene Steeler cults back. But the Harlequins didn't get eaten by the Tyranids. No, but like, I could... Mm, I'm still going to go with no. I think that they have totally written off squats and... But Rattlings are still a thing. No. I mean, trucker hats what and surfboards would be pretty cool. Mm. Like, do you think we're going to actually start seeing... A lot of this stuff from the from the fluff of the game that's been around for like the last twenty five years, maybe start sneaking back in through these I board hope, games. I hope to God they don't go completely off the deep end, having crud and all those stupid things before they do fucking plastic sisters of battle. Yeah, <laughs> that would be such a slap in the face for them to like completely go off the deep end and not do sisters. one of the factions that has had yes. amazing design work from like nineteen ninety seven onwards. Yes. But they've never had a plastic infantry kit. I agree. Like I, that would be the shame of all fucking shames because that artwork is amazing. But yeah, you do the know. designs don't need changing; they just need plastic. No, models. Dan, you're entirely correct. But no that one, no be. one's buying those those expensive pewter models. So why would they redo them? Do you know how insane <laughs> those would sell? Like. I bought a box of knockoff Sisters of Battle with German World War II helmets because they were awesome. The thing that fills me with great hope is that Forgeworld <laughs> will be doing Sisters of Silence. And those will be insane. Which, yeah, I can't wait. They're just even more <laughs> gothic, ridiculous Sisters of Battle. They're gonna, and they're all... And you know they're gonna have some of them, they're gonna have the stitch mouth. Like that whole super 40, like super 40k psyker where they have the actual like thick twine sewing <laughs> the lips yeah. yeah, they'll have something It'll, to get. They'll have something like that with their whole vow of silence. Thing oh yeah, that, uh, you know you're gonna have that, and people are gonna. Be and then in in 30k, they're all the sisters of silence are all uh, what do they call them? Pariahs, right? They're the psychic blanks. Yes. So the rumors for them would that they wouldn't necessarily be an army. They would be like crazy ass like agents of the Imperium a characters, a unit to counter. Well, they'd it's all like be QX's assassins, like, in, in a way. Yeah. I would love it if it was, like, a unit of three or five you could take in your army. Yeah, but from the rumors, it sounded, like, it sounded like the custodians would be more like a miniature army, and the Sisters of Silence would be more like agents of the Imperium. I see that. I see it the other way. The Sisters of Silence, well, not actually the other way, because a custodian should be able to... I don't know. Should be able to kill a space marine. One-on-one, on one, yeah. One-on-one, on one, right? I could see having a unit of, like, five custodes... Yeah, I don't know. We'll now see. we've totally gone off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, we we've completely. But this is this right. is the point of this though is we're off on a tangent because GW went off on a tangent and did a, a Gene Steeler cult. We didn't see that coming. Forge <laughs> World will be treading this territory or whatever yeah. in hopefully six or twelve months. Yeah. So we'll see. It's for me. It makes me happy that they're kind of going back into the really cool shit that 
kind of grabbed me in 40k back in the day. Yep, I agree. And I'm even, happy they're doing it. Yeah, if nothing else, it's sweet that they're doing it. Yep, I couldn't agree more. So on the topic of doing stuff, Ward, the last two weekends in a row, you were doing stuff. I was. And yes. what kind of stuff were you doing? Stuff um, and things. <laughs> I went down to Calgary to take a painting class by Matthew Fontaine, who has won numerous uh, Golden Demon Awards. And I believe he... Has he won a sword? I think he has. I believe he has won a sword. Probably. He should, if he hasn't. <laughs> yeah, dude can paint. Thought checking is hard. <laughs> Very much so. But yeah, so I went down for two weekends in a row, uh, spent a lot of time sitting down painting over a desk. Um, basically, we painted from like 9 till 7 on Saturdays and 9 till 5 on Sundays. So lots of painting. Wow. Uh, for sure. So we got uh, models provided uh, for us and bases, actually. So the first weekend, um, Dark Age uh, models from Cool Mini or Not supplied the model. Uh, which was the warden. This is the one I'm talking about that if you haven't checked out our Facebook page, you need to see the way that you painted the skin on it. The flesh. Amazing. Yes. Um, I like the pants more personally, but... Pants, I actually pants, said that too. Because they were teal. Can't go wrong with teal. <laughs> that's what Paul Ting told me. He's like, that's all you paint. Stop <laughs> it. Change it. Um, and then He's not wrong. The second weekend, we painted a Infinity bike. Um, so the Penthalisa uh, model. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. From Aleph. Uh, yeah. So we painted that from Corvus Belly. Donated those. Um, and then we also got a base for the bike uh, from Dragonforge um, uh, bases. So so they all sponsored the the painting classes cool. that he put on and so we uh painted a whole bunch of stuff over I'm gonna the, say the on weekends. a quick little tangent if you haven't seen an infinity bike just google infinity bikers they have the coolest designs. the bootleg is way better though than the the traditional bike that's because it's got the raked handlebars though no like, not even that it's not a chopper even. this is a it's chopper the other chopper the other one's more of a crotch rocket yeah, but there's some time. It's got the raked handlebars, the, like, the long fork. Yeah, it's thing. nice. It's nice. Yeah. Anyway, so the first weekend we basically went through uh, basics for people that hadn't really done any painting or or knew the basics but wanted to kind of uh, evolve them. So we did like two hours of color theory uh, with him. He talked about some different apps and such that he uses and um, how to what colors to best blend for, for shadings and highlights and that sort of thing. So it's all about painting spheres, multiple, multiple spheres on a model. So as I drew earlier a uh, network of abs for painting flesh, <laughs> all of those would be spheres. Your to illustrations make one are big. amazing. <laughs> they were, they were. I'm going to just hold it up to the microphone for everyone to see. <laughs> Take a picture of it right now. Then you can, then you can do that. So and then, You're ruining my joke, Ward. I know. You like to hold things up. The microphone. I, no, the things <laughs> I hold up to this it microphone—it's it scary. It, we're happy we podcast. Very scary. So, um, so we went we went through the first weekend blending. Um, so just uh, how best to shade your colors and how to highlight them, and like I said, the spheres um, for that. So we worked on the pants and the flesh and all of that good stuff, and then worked on some of the smaller details again, trying to promote the idea spheres with that so for the belts and such so it was pretty pretty awesome learned some some unique tricks i'd um, like to i you you have to show me sometime what you mean by spheres because i oh you, meant, you, you were you were busy taking Honestly, two hours to make mojitos really make a lot of sense uh well <laughs> it's like you when you paint a sphere the the bottom side is dark the top side is light 
but it didn't really explain how it applied to models. So we're gonna have to talk about that okay. off air later. A- everything is. I a think sphere. you need to demo this. Everything is a sphere. Okay. Um, and then the second, yeah, like I was saying, the second day we we did a little bit more in uh, regards to faces and focal points. Okay. Um, eyeballs was a big thing for a lot of Those people. Those actually are spheres. Those actually are spheres. Okay, somebody needs to show me how to paint eyeballs. But you I still suck at but that. But you don't paint them like spheres. Now I'm confused. Crazy, I know, right? <laughs> so I'll show you how to paint eyes. Okay, because the last eyes I did were Vulcans and they're red. Were they? <laughs> were they <laughs> do you paint them as googly eyes? No, I did not paint them as the... Have you seen the pro-painted meme? <laughs> <laughs> There's like the shittiest space marine that's like... He's an ultramarine and it says pro-painted and he's got like googly eyes and the paint's like super thick and the eyes are like absurdly bad. Uh, yeah, a couple a couple people repainted their eyes, so I... I it was, again, an eye-opening experience. Oh, that's bad. Some different ways to paint uh, it. So And metals. We did some metals. And and the, the technique that he uses for metals is way different than anything I was ever used to. Yeah, so. you were talking about this on Tuesday. So where instead of like, like no inks were used at all over the weekend. Washes so, or inks? Not none. That's weird. It was It was very unique. So basically it was really like using black paint and like using that on metallics, and then uh, for brasses and bronze, using browns to shade. So it's something totally out of my element, and i got to do a little bit more practicing with it because I don't think I mastered it over the the weekend. Yeah, it sounds like something you might need to practice more than one day. And then there's the colors that are always best avoided, the four colors. So never paint yellow, red, white, or black. Boom. I got red. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, I wanted to paint his pants yellow and i wasn't allowed so but the following weekend on the bike i decided to go for no guts no glory and paint the bike yellow so i was one of two people did did he say why you were never supposed to paint those colors uh, pigments uh there is not enough coverage in any like paint so the gw range for an example if they were to charge based on like paint colors and how hard it is to make the paint yellow would cost the most so browns and grays would be dirt cheap pennies a bottle, and yellows would be crazy astronomical prices. Nobody would paint anything yellow. So to even out the prices, they went with a cheaper material, and therefore the color doesn't cover as well. Like if you go to an art store and picked up like an awesome yellow like oil paint that covers in like one coat, yeah, you're looking at like eighty bucks for a tube. Oh, com- compared to like a few bucks for like a brown or. Huh, did not know. So, yeah, it's it's crazy that way. A lot harder to, That's cool. to master those colors. Um, so it's not just so it's not because sucks. you're not, it's just because it's hard to it, do. It's, it's expensive. It's expensive typically for, like, good materials huh. and as well as it's not You're teaching me very things. Much so. You're I'm learning. learning. You're learning. Learning some book stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is good. So I painted yellow for the bike. I don't think I took a picture of it, so I'll I'll post that up. Um, but we just focused on the bike, not the rider at all, for the weekend. Um, and then we got to use a little bit more in the way of techniques for the the second weekend. So he showed us like doing some like damage, uh, paint chips, scratches, that sort of thing. So. Um, was the paint scripts, uh, paint chips and scratching similar to uh, what we learned uh, at Vegas? Div- oh, I mean, like, no, it was different than Vegas. Really? So totally different techniques. The scratches were pretty close, but um, very basic. I like only two colors for the scratches, and you typically don't want to go, like, overkill. Uh, whereas, like, Ian, I know, showed a little bit more involvement with uh, painting, like, undercoat and using different materials. Yeah, Aaron. 
Aaron, yeah. sorry. Yeah, um, great idea. <laughs> for that, for that, and like the 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 mold maker or the model maker um, yep. latex, uh, this was just all like uh, painted on for the scratches. Uh, okay. He did use the, of course, the the sponge technique, but that was just dabbing on uh, some damage and that sort of thing, and different like color complements to to do for the damaging and uh, okay. on the bikes and such. So. So we, we did a bunch of that. Um, for Also for weathering, uh, oils we used. Okay. So we got to... Something I've never done a lot of. Either have I. So it was it was different. So we used some oils and mixed some... Uh, so did you do like oil thinner. pin washes or did you do uh, like more of a latex style oil wash? Not a latex. It was more of like uh, you're taking like a few colors. So uh, a blue, a yellow typically, a white... Um, are used for like shading um, or giving really? like weathering to your to your model. So basically, you just basically put like little dots on your model, and then you use um, uh, mineral spirits. Why can't I think of it? Mineral spirits or yeah. uh, white spirits. What's the thing that really stinks that you can buy odorless? I can't turpentine. think of it. Turpentine. That's it. So it's like a turpentine, <laughs> and basically you just kind of like drag it so the color like yeah, fades. You're getting very slight discoloration. But uh, once it actually uh, dries, you can tell like a little bit like on the on the top part of the, just see. underneath the see. handlebar. I did like a blue dot, but it's just like a very like slight effect. Like you can hardly see it once yeah. you apply the yeah. turpentine. I wouldn't have noticed unless I've seen them a lot with, um, with like a I've seen them a lot with tank. Yeah, you, military usually, armor painters. Do yeah. This. So so that's one of the techniques that he he was teaching with that with the dots <laughs> Tom's <laughs> gonna cry uh, and it's just it's very it's very subtle Whoa. and those colors will work like for the vast majority of whatever you're you're weathering so uh, okay. the burnt umber for doing like kind of like a rust like little rivets yeah, makes um, sense. thinning down um, the oils as well to flow into the cracks and crevices like pin wash yeah like a um, a wash, um, but again, it's going to be a little bit more with control. And the nice thing is, you can wipe that away right away if it overspills. And yeah, such. and it didn't. It, turpentine's always worried me because it's always. I always thought it's going to eat the base paint, like just destroy the base paint. You Did you seal it? No, uh, there are a lot you, of folks who do. You don't have to if you with turpentine. If really? you do seal it, it, it's basically a smoother finish to apply the oils over. Yeah, top. a lot of people use a satin or a gloss varnish. So that it's even easier for it to flow around the surface and play with it. Yeah, he said. He said. Huh. He said that's typically the norm, but again, for a weekend, it's a little bit hard to like spray, let dry, and then go through the next step, right? That, that sort of thing. That's cool. So for the purpose and of it, this, like, you still, you, you, it did not eat the base paint. No, no, I didn't. Uh, this is not you sealed it, at all. Did you buy it heavy at all? Like the turpentine, or is it pretty thin? No, you typically mix it fairly thin. It's not. Oh, you do mix it down with you, like water. You mix it with your oil. No, just with the oil paint. Oh, I see. Okay. So yeah, you can't mix water with oil paints. Yeah, I was wondering work. how this works. <laughs> what are you mixing it down with? But, so the turp- okay. it's just so you actually you, turn, to the you turn it into like a sort of pseudo ink wash kind of thing and then pull it. Okay. Yeah, but again, then if you don't like it, you can take the turpentine and wipe any part away. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it takes See, what I thought you were talking about was you applied the dots and then the turpentine to it and pulled it down. There are yeah. folks who do it that way, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm still surprised yeah. it doesn't just destroy the base. I think a lot of it is that just it flashes off so quickly. It's not Fair. sitting there soaking Fair. in it for a week. And, get and getting underneath and bubbling it up okay. and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, the, uh, the second day of the second weekend was a little bit tough because he was coming down with a cold. Uh, he was staying at uh, the host Dallas uh, or the organizer Dallas. 
uh, he had him stay, and uh, basically it was the painting plague, we called it, and uh, <laughs> started infecting people. So Matthew was a little Good. bit under the weather and such. So, But we learned a little bit more of the basing techniques, so we used a lot of uh, the, the weathering powders and pigments okay. uh, and sealing those actually onto your... Um, model. So, uh, a cool thing to know if you're applying like a weathering powder, if you use a little bit of the isopropyl alcohol yep. and just kind of like dab it on and yes. let the, the reaction suck it up and let it soak it up, it'll it'll not keep it on the model per se because you want a pigment fixer to do that, but it'll keep it on the model and once it dries, you can see where it's going to be and then you can add your next layer of pigment yes. and build up your layers that way. Yes, I've been using uh, the isopropyl alcohol a lot with my uh, washes or my pigments because it it actually does allow you to see where where it's going to go like you're talking about, but mm-hmm. doesn't change its texture at the end. It looks still dry. Yes. And that's huge because it also will smooth the, the pigment out and you can actually, I find it seals better. Because you don't end up with like these large chunks that get blown away and then you can't see what's underneath of it. The isopropyl keeps it thicker. Uh, I, I agree with that. Yeah, that works you, well. You can also mix uh, a little bit with uh, the pigments itself to make it chunky yep. and apply you it and keep it on the model. Yeah, yeah. so which was. Which and again, was you, cool if you way. do that and you make that paste, it actually will still look dry, mm. which is cool. Dried, dusty chunks, so. Pigment fixtures that I've used always end up making it look like mud. Like it doesn't look like dust or dirt it just looks like wet disgusting mud <laughs> and, and he uses a lot of it on like finished um uh finishing his models again you want to use your pigments near the end um but like he base coated something brown uh for like the rocky steps for some of his models he did yeah. the chaplain um or was it logar one of the two um, but again, it, all of his like uh, rock texture was all weathering pigments around it. So he basically shaded and mm-hmm. highlighted just with pigments. Um, some of his busts, he he was doing that sort of thing as well. So it was cool. it was very unique to see. And then he talked about different ways to also base. So um, the the crushed glass that Secret Weapon does <laughs> is that Kyra loves. Uh, I haven't bought it yet, and if I do, it's I got some. Dorm. I'm keeping it secret. I'm keeping it safe. I'm not telling her about it because she will <laughs> has a out. weird phobia around crushed glass, around broken glass, just in general. So, and and that's and that's the stuff to use, and you can make it into a paste and apply it. For snow. Yeah, you can. Combined with water effects to make, yes. Yeah. Really cool looking snow You can do it like just like little bits and pieces. He's got a. um, And then you can do Uh, lines of it. A model. You're a real hero. (laughs) (laughs) Another another bus that's like in the snow. So he's got like little bits like of snow that have fallen like around like his collar and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. uh, For one of the busts that he did, which was awesome. You should mention powdered glass is extremely dangerous it will instantly instantly give you cancer yeah (laughs) he was like highly recommended to to wear a mask uh while using this product do not do not yeah it it will cause (laughs) bad bad things to you um so that nature um moss was another interesting one jeez you guys went through a shitload of stuff we did yeah so highly recommend it like um dallas wants to run other classes so I'll be keeping my eyes peeled for those. Uh, I, he was mentioning going to one in Seattle at the in October. Uh, I'm not sure who the artist is yet. I think they're still working on details, but he does plan on hosting more in in Calgary for sure. So, nice, cool. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like totally worth it. Um, lunches bought both days on Sundays. Um, Lots of one-on-one questions that you can ask. Like, I was painting those Space Marine helmets to take down, and I showed uh, Matthew the difference of what I painted, like, two months ago for an, uh, 
uh, test to this and I had way more contrast on the new model because of what I learned the first weekend yeah, so it was it was awesome and uh, Matthew was great uh, willing to answer questions he's like add me on Facebook talk to me he's like if you want feedback uh, I'll give it I'll give you but be prepared for constructive criticism <laughs> which which I agree with Good. so um, like he'll take he'll take the time and and give you That's some cool. some details and some yeah because that model looks great bro doesn't really help anyone no he's like if if you want if you want somebody to tell you that model looks fantastic and like rub your back like call your mom because yeah. I'm not gonna do that and uh, he, he probably, I'm sure, gets tons of different like photos of of models. Like, how can I improve this? And and yeah. people that don't improve, I'm sure, will just end up being like aggravating, right? So the same sort of thing. <laughs> like, hey, look, I painted this the same way that I did the last ten models. I'm not listening to anything you told me or any tips. So would be a little <laughs> bit frustrating. So yeah, fair like, enough. <sighs> so the moral of the story is: next time there's an event like this, go to it. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's fifteen. It's there's pretty simple moral. Yeah, there's <laughs> fifteen of us. A uh, couple guys were sick the second weekend because of the painting plague. Oh, so that's how infested they were. And then a few more um, also uh, got sick the the week after here. So not so good. <laughs> but like awesome guys uh, painted at different tables um, pretty much like both weekends. Um, talking to everybody, we passed like the models around just to kind of see what everybody else was painting and like. He didn't, like, limit us all to, like, a single paint scheme, which was awesome. So you could see, like, hey, this guy painted his pants blue with, like, a purple shade. And he painted his green, green with a blue shade and, and that sort of thing. So you could kind of see different ways that people were, like, blending their, their um, skills uh, or their color theory, I guess you could say. And uh, just see what was coming up. So lots of Steves. Steve 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, apparently it's common paint. Yeah, so... They all had to keep their Steve numbers. Uh, I don't think Matthew Fontaine learned any last names for them. So yeah. it's just, you're Steve 1. Come, Steve 1. We'll teach you things and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, <laughs> that sounds creepy. <laughs> that sounds yeah. creepy. Come, come so. to my table. We did the exact so. same thing with Mark in Mark 2 and Mark 3. And yeah, we just called things, them the so. numbers, though, by that point. So it's just like yeah. 3. So, But, yeah, no, met a lot, lot of amazing guys. So uh, chatted them up. I got one guy into X-Wing. Nice. Yeah, actually, Steve Wynn got into X-Wing, so... Like, <laughs> Clearly, yes. he's the best Steve. Yes, there you go. Oh, so. sad for me. <laughs> well, of those three. Of the Calgarian Steves. Yeah, it's a whole different so category. Maybe he Calgarian. doesn't know he's Steve 4. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that Matthew Fontaine loved Paul Ting? <laughs> loved Paul Ting? <laughs> uh, no, he, no, he didn't mind Paul. It, it was Paul was always that guy who had that smart <laughs> comment, so... What are we painting? Spheres? No. Uh, yeah, but I yeah, hi- I highly recommend it. It was it was a fantastic time. Uh, good guys. Uh, I know that they want to do more um, painting sessions there. Well, they did one up in Edmonton. We well, would you, go. You can organize it. I'll go down to Calgary again for sure. So okay. that's that's how much I enjoyed it. So okay. worth it. I learned a lot. How many bucks? Techniques five. Cool. I'll go again. I would, I would gladly pay my money right now again for the next class. So I'm gonna rate it two. We rate don't it get to rate it over there. <laughs> I'm gonna rate it a two because I wasn't there. Okay, fair enough. It would uh, be a five if I could have gone. All right, so I feel like this wraps this one up. If anyone's got any questions further, ask uh, Matthew Fontaine. Yeah, yeah. Don't talk to us. <laughs> or I'm pretty sure Ward can answer further questions if anyone has anything. Maybe. 
Maybe. Maybe. I'll keep, okay. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. So, uh, before we wrap things up, Ward, what do we have for upcoming events? Uh, upcoming events. Uh, March now, uh, at the posting of this episode probably, March 12th, uh, Star Wars Armada Store Championships will be going on at All Star. Uh, the following weekend on the 19th is a lot of store championships for X-Wing. It's uh, that type of season. So Thunderground on March 19th. Um, March 19th as well at the Dragon's Den in Saskatoon. So, so I'm not going to both. I don't think that they're going to have a lot of crossover. Did you teleconference in? <laughs> <laughs> no. Skype it. No, Tom, you Skype can't. Skype it. Vassal. Vassal my game. Uh, at the end of March, uh, on the 26th, we've got two other events. Uh, Cogs is having a steamroller down at the Century Box in Calgary. So it's a 50-point uh, steamroller tournament for War Machine. Uh, on the 26th as well is the next Drop Zone Escalation League at All-Star. Uh, that one is 1,250 points. Yes. Mike, are you still in second place? I think so, yeah. Somebody needs to beat you. Who's in first? Yeah, come on, try it anytime. Brand, is Brandon in first? Yeah. Yeah, I figured. He's a tough he guy. He crushed to my face so bad when I said <laughs> <laughs> Not even a challenge. I'm like, okay, I'm dead. Good game. Uh, April. GG um, no re. What? GG no re. Sure. You don't play enough Starcraft. No rematch. Good okay. game. I'm fine. Yeah, all right. Moving on. Uh, April, we have GrotzCon on April 1st to 3rd. Uh, multiple systems. Uh, so lots of War Machine. Uh, the 40K ITC event is also happening there. Uh, April 16th uh, is the Drop Zone Escalation League follow, or, uh, up in points to 1,500 points for that. And the that's the final. final. That's the final. That's the final weekend is April 16th. Uh, and then a bunch of stuff in May. May 7th is a busy, busy weekend. Uh, we've got the May Day event with multiple game systems going on uh, in the Riverbend Community Center on the south side. Oh, of May Day is in Riverbend now? Really? Yeah, it's been there for the last four or five years now. I, remember, I think so. Yeah, so there. lots of historical oh, okay. games, board games. Um, they're doing a drop zone tournament. I know. Yep. I'm pretty Trump's sure there's a 40k. There's a 40k doubles tournament too. I think doubles. Yeah. Uh, Kings of War, fifteen hundred points. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. So lots and lots of different game systems for sure uh, going on that day. That is also the um, game discovery exhibition. Yeah. So. so that's going to be at uh, Grant McEwen, and we are looking to secure some tables. So. Assuming that all goes according to plan, you can come visit us and hang out for the weekend. And we also should be at our booth, because we realize that podcasting is a little bit of a limited uh, medium for talking about some of the techniques that we have for painting. So we should have some stuff prepped for some quick and, and dirty demos to show off some of the different things that we have talked about on the podcast. Some mad skills. a little skills. sad that I'm not going to be there. There you go. Uh, there is also... Well, it's good that I happened to leave your name off the application forms, because there was only room for four names. Yeah, well, so that worked out well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in Europe. You're going to be in Europe. No, I'm yeah. slightly jealous. Uh, there's also the X-Wing Regionals on May 7th. The date has been confirmed that that is the day that uh, Fantasy Flight wants uh, Century Box yep. to run Century it. Century Box will be hosting, but they're going to work out, see if they can get an off-site venue to host uh, even more players than last year. Yep. So. Actually looking at, some folks were saying, judging by the sizes of store championships and registrations and whatnot, a lot of people are expecting this could break, like, the 60-plus level. That'd be crazy, so... Get to the point of being, like, five rounds plus cut to top four. I'm thinking that <laughs> It might, could be a long I day. might want to check that out. That could be Yeah, cool. it should be, should be a lot of fun. It'd be great to see that many people come out for X-Wing. Last two events that we have for May is for the children! Uh, May 14th. Uh, location is still, I believe, to be determined. Run by our good friend, Justin. Justin Clark, the gentle giant. Save, the save the gentle ginger giant. <laughs> 
There we go. Yeah, Sorry. He runs a great event. It's for a good cause. Uh, Support him. They're expanding uh, multiple systems this time, too. So there's going to be, of course, 40K, I believe 30K, X-Wing, and War Machine. Uh, if I miss mm-hmm. anything, Justin will correct me, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, May 19th and 20th, the Lords of the Land. This event is in Olds, of all places. Yeah, so it's really good for any of you Calgarians, because it's just a little bit north of there. <laughs> uh, a bit more of a hike for anyone in Edmonton. I think it's probably closer to about two, two, two just hours Just pretend so. you're driving to Calgary. You'll be okay. And then you'll stop when you hit this little <laughs> town. Uh, but it's mostly going to be a, a video games convention, because apparently there's the best inter- internet connection in Alberta is yeah. in Olds. Onet is badass. It is owned by the municipality, and locals get like 150 megabit internet connections for cheap. It's pu- like publicly owned internet. It's They're actually becoming like a world leader kind of a thing. Other jurisdictions modeling their programs on it. I actually want to go live there just for the internet. <laughs> yeah. That's but what we're the, get, uh, get the best pings. Apparently, they're also going to be running some events on top of that. I believe it's 40K and Magic are the only ones announced at this point, but they might be expanding into further miniature games uh, as well. We we know currently that it is in Olds um, by Gord's House, I believe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you can check their website, which is... uh, I'm blanking on. Uh, I had it. You have it. I have it somewhere. I'm sure that if you check out Lords of the Land, Olds... I'm pretty uh, sure it's lordsofland.com. There you go. Then you can find it. It'll give you more details. I'm sure that we can. And uh, that's what we have up till the end of May. Sounds good. Lots going on. So, until next time, this has been another episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. I'm Mike. And I'm Steve. And paint your models and have some fun. And it looks like landreg.org, maybe? <laughs> so not even close? <laughs> anyway, moving on.